When it comes to receiving feedback, whose do you listen to? Whose do you toss aside? And how are you supposed to know the difference? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today's podcast question comes from my Facebook group. I was doing a little bit of a group check-in with my community. If you're looking to uh, join a mindset community where mindset is a daily practice, please do find me over in my Facebook group called Choose to Have It All and join the conversation. But I was talking in yesterday's group, just checking in, seeing how people were doing. And one of the questions that came up was, how do you receive feedback? Who do you listen to? Whose support are you supposed to absorb? Whose criticism and constructive feedback are you supposed to listen to? And whose are you supposed to toss aside? So let's just dive into the question. Boundaries. I'm having a hard time finding mine lately when it comes to myself and others. Maybe it's boundaries. I'm not even sure after learning so much the past year about fear and its many disguises. What happens is is that other people's feedback and genuinely harmless comments about my future business tend to stick in my head as criticisms and they lead to self-doubt. Even when I feel like I've got all my ducks in a row and I'm so pumped about my creative and business mindset, I keep feeling hijacked and from, I keep feeling hijacked from making the next steps. But I'm wondering if it's time to go back to basics and refresh my understanding of boundaries in hopes that a change in perspective with this can help me be at peace with the very regular conversations I have with other people and continue to trust myself with my vision. You know, in other words, these people are supportive and not critical, so it's not that I'm simply surrounded by jerks. It just seems like other people around me know how to hear feedback and sort out what serves them and discard what doesn't, and I feel like a damn sponge to it all. I'm also curious if this kind of work is best dealt with in one-on-one therapy or if there's a recommended book list or other resources that you have to use a general framework for learning how to talk to myself and others with healthy boundaries, what good boundaries feel like, and what emotions are at play, etc. I love this question because I think when we're working on mindset and when we're working on listening and tuning into our own gut, we also have to make room for the idea that we're not going to know what we don't know. We are going to need outside perspectives. And when it's us taking the risk and it's us putting ourselves in the arena and standing on the ledge, everyone can have an opinion. I, I know you came to me with this question with a concern that it was a boundary issue. I don't necessarily know it's a boundary issue. It might be like an internal boundary issue for you. It's a little bit of deciding who your tribe is, deciding who you trust, who you want to lean to, who your go-to people are for consult- consultation. But the first thing that I want you to think about in terms of feedback The first feedback you should listen to is the feedback you ask for from a specific person you want it from. That's a really good internal boundary for how to accept feedback that you have decided there's something you're second guessing yourself on. There's something that you want a second pair of eyes on. There's something you're feeling unsure of and you want someone's specific two cents on that problem. So for example, right now I'm in the middle of pitching my products and services to a thought leader in the industry. I have one person I'm going to go to for that. My partner in crime on the business coaching program that I'm running, Jessica Lorimer. She's over at Smartly 
creatorsell.com. And I'm going to go to her because she's my go-to person for sales. She's my biz bestie. And I really trust her to correct me with a supportive attitude. I'm going to feel cared for and I'm going to learn the thought process so that whenever I get her feedback and I hear from her what she has to say for me, I'm going to not only be able to apply it to this particular pitch, but I'm going to be able to apply it to all future pitches because she's my person and I've decided that. She hasn't informed me that she's the best for the job. She hasn't told me that she knows better than me. She hasn't said, here, let me do it. She's the person I trust. I have decided that. I'm the driver in my car and in my business, and she's the person I'm going to go to. However, you and I know that because we're both in my Facebook group, that if I were going to put this out there in my Facebook group, we have about 250 people so far. If I were to put this out there and say, hey, I'm about to do a pitch and, you know, work with a, trying to work with a thought leader and industry leader in our space. Everybody would have an opinion about what to say, what not to say, how to word it, how to phrase it. I don't want everybody's opinion. And there's a difference between me going to Jess and asking her, hey, what do you think? How can I set myself up for the best success with this idea I have versus saying, hey guys, I'm so excited. I have this new idea. I'm really looking forward to it. Wishing, you know, wish me luck, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly being given so many directions on how to do it, how to word it, what I should say, what I shouldn't say. So the first thing I want you to do the gut check on when you're receiving feedback is have you asked for it? Did you just say, hey guys, I'm like launching a product next month. I'm so excited. This is what I'm thinking. And suddenly three people are like, oh, have you, you know, have you done the market research on that? Because I don't think anyone's going to buy that or, ooh, what's your price point on that? What are you thinking of charging for something like that? If you're leading with what you're up to and what you're excited with and someone's volunteering feedback, I would give that a second guess. Because one of the things that I've learned about talking about my dreams and talking about my plans and going for the brass ring is people are scared of risk, even when it's not them taking it. And then the second piece is the view is always better from the cheap seats, right? So it's so easy from the cheap seats to say, oh, I don't know. I, I think you should think about that marketing approach or really, you sure you want to name it that? Or really, like you think that's a legitimate business idea? Huh, you're going to make money doing that? It's so easy to second guess and question when it's not your butt on the line, when it's not you in the arena. So the first thing I want you to to do and to think about is to make sure the feedback you're considering is the feedback you have asked for. And the reason for this is that means you are in the space where you're driving your own business where you are in the decision-making mode and you need to decide what's best for you. The second part of this is also recognizing that like your comfort level with risk isn't going to be everyone's comfort level with risk. And it's easy for people to volunteer an opinion when they don't have any skin in the game. So you want to second guess that. If you think that someone might have a legitimate point of view, 
that you do need to consider, just wait 24 hours. Write it down on a piece of paper. Put it in your calendar to check in with yourself. Because I think sometimes what happens is it's like, hey, I'm thinking of this and someday I'm going to do that. And then three months I might be able to do that. And someone takes a pin to your balloon, the air goes out, and suddenly you feel really deflated. And then you're considering that feedback simply because someone tried to pop your balloon rather than recognizing like that's not the mindset you were in. You had already made a decision. And that's the second place in this conversation where you can check your gut. Feedback should be on decisions you've already made or or are at least considering. Because sometimes if you've already made a decision and it's done and it's planned, you don't necessarily want or need feedback in that moment. If you have made a decision, that means you're not in a review process. You're not examining results. You're not checking the data. So you check the feedback at the door. If you're in the, you know, it's like if you're in the planning stages, you want to know what people think and you want to choose your people. If you're in the review stages, it's the same thing. You want to like decide who your people are and you want to check in with them. But you want to drive that conversation. But so often people become sponges to feedback because they don't know what to say in response to feedback that's been offered but not asked for. So then you say, oh, thank you. I hadn't thought about that. And then suddenly you're thinking about it. (laughs) And then suddenly you're second guessing yourself and questioning your decisions. So what I really would encourage you to do is think about who you're sharing your ideas with, who you're talking to, and keep that group small and keep it to people whose opinions you trust, whose leadership you rely on, and who can help you guide the ship that's best for you. And that is not the peanut gallery. That is not the people sitting in the cheap seats of the arena. So for example, my parents love me to death and my parents are so excited to hear everything I'm doing. My dad like kind of like rolled his eyes and <laughs> lost his mind when he heard I was doing an individualized plan on using the Voxer app, but they got super, super excited about everything I did. My stepmother's super supportive of every idea, everything I put out there. But if it came to business, I wouldn't, my stepmother loves me, but she doesn't know about business. I wouldn't ask her opinion for business, but my dad has run several businesses and consulted on a lot of businesses and done a lot of things, I would absolutely be like going to him on this because I I trust his opinion. Just like if I'm putting an opinion out there, if I'm, you know, trying something, you know, sort of telling people what I really think or getting a little more personal, I might check with one of the girlfriends in my tribe because it's not about a business decision. It's about like how much am I going to show up here? And what do you think of this idea? But I decide. So the best thing I can, you know, sort of give you advice for here is to make sure you have a predetermined group of people you can lean on for specific things and have a predetermined person who, when you don't know who they have to go to, you can ask them for a recommendation. So for example, you know, like I'm in the middle of this house reconstruction and right now we're only in the design process. We're designing the inside. We're designing the architecture. We're redoing all of the 
like awful landscaping the house has. So all of these people, like anytime it comes to making a decision on a service provider, my realtor has like a Rolodex that like is worth like its weight in gold. She has awesome people, often like really good service providers. I don't know who's going to be the best plumber. I don't know who's going to be the best electrician, but she does because she's referred them to so many other homeowners that she absolutely knows the best people and the most reliable people for the job. So I'm not, I might ask my dad, like if he thinks I should do X, Y, Z, but when it comes to actually deciding who to hire, I'm going to go to my real estate agent's Rolodex because I know that it's good. But if you feel as though you're surrounded by people who love you, but don't get your business, they get to love you and support you from afar, but you don't need to absorb their opinions. The other thing too, is that accepting feedback, considering new ideas for a lot of people often becomes a way of stopping. It slows the train because now suddenly you have something new to consider. There's a new idea that you had never heard of. There's a new point of view that you need to do. So sometimes absorbing feedback stops you from taking action. And because it feels like work, because you're thinking and you're planning and you're redesigning and you're reconfiguring, you don't realize you're getting in your own way. So the other thing you want to do is ask yourself, would this be done if I wasn't stopping, because this just might be your very veiled hidden excuse for not taking action, for not putting yourself out there, because you can be pumped, you can be excited for the creative process, but at some point in time, you have to press go, you have to press publish, you have to hit send. And then sometimes that joy and that excitement and that anticipation and that perfectly imperfect vision you have for yourself your life and your business can start to tarnish and change a little bit. So long as you don't press go, play, start, hit, you know, all of that, like you get to have it in its mini perfection. So what I would encourage you to do is like ask yourself, is making this decision going to get in the way of me from taking action? And if it is, then I think you really need to do a gut check and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you just afraid? to put yourself out there because I see where your struggle is. You're talking about personal development. You're talking about self-awareness. You're talking about self-acceptance and you're also talking about boundaries. It can be really difficult to know whose voice to listen to, how to decide. One of the things that um, I I like to recommend, and I've recommended this book so many times, I, I need to get an affiliate link for it, but um, it's called The One Thing. I, I forget offhand who the author is, but it's basically focusing on what's next, the next step of your business, the next... Um, you know, part in the process rather than focusing on everything. So the other good way to measure and judge receiving feedback is looking at, do you need this kind of feedback on this topic now? Can it wait? Is it involved in the next thing? Can you sit with it? Can it just sit on the back burner for a bit? Do a gut check with yourself because we don't need to know all the things all the time in the moment we need them. Like it just doesn't need to 
to work that way. So if it's about the specific thing you're about to do, the next step in your business, perhaps you want to stop and consider it. But if it's not relevant to what's in front of you, then don't bother with it. The other thing I just want to remind you is the like good old fashioned people component to this because I think sometimes people are well meaning and they give you ideas and they give you feedback, not as a way of criticizing, not as a way of second guessing, simply as a way of participating in your life. You could try this. You could do this. Because once somebody comes up with an idea, hey, I want to open a candy store. Hey, I want to do X, Y, Z. It's, we can say, great. We can say, good for you. We can say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go. I'll tell everybody. But it's hard to feel like you're participating in the conversation or for people who are especially close to us that we're a part of this really cool thing our loved one is doing. So sometimes I got to tell you, feedback is the same as any kind of annoying platitude. You know, when somebody says, thinking of you, thoughts and prayers, you know, there's a reason for everything. Like all the, like that automatic response response we get to really, you know, kind of weird and awkward things that happen in life. I have to tell you, sometimes when people don't know what to say, they just move to problem solving, even when there's not a problem to be solved. So it's okay to say, hey, oh my gosh, thank you so much for thinking about my idea. I'm so glad you like it. Um, I'm really excited to be doing it. I don't think I need to make any changes to my idea right now, but holy smokes, when I'm evaluating this in three months, I'm going to look back on what you said and really give it a good consideration. You can just recognize them for wanting to be included. And sometimes people are going to insert themselves in weird places because they don't know where to insert themselves otherwise. So when people do have a way, like an actual ability or something they can do to help you or contribute positively to your business and idea, it's a good idea if you want to maintain that driver's seat position to give them a role, to, you know, let them ride shotgun, but give them the map you're on and, and you know, and see and give them specific direction on how they could help you. Because sometimes people will give you feedback about one thing and you don't actually need feedback about that thing, but general feedback around something else would be really helpful. So what ends up happening, and this is what I want you to sort of take away from your question here, is that you are doing the analysis. You are in control. Do you need this feedback? Were you asking for this feedback? Is it relevant to what you're working on right now? Is this coming from somebody whose opinion you you know, not only respect, but recognize as an expert for what you're working on. Do that evaluation and don't be afraid to cast feedback aside because that's the last piece to this, right? That sometimes it feels kind of weird and egotistical and um, sort of, I don't know, um, like just overconfident to be like, thanks, I've got this, right? <laughs> like we want everybody to think they've got this. We want everybody to be super confident and to just press go and hit send and go play. But the idea of being somebody with the attitude and the belief of saying, hey, thanks for what you're thinking here, but I promise you I've got this. It can feel weird to say. So as a way of avoiding that awkwardness and that discomfort, we just have the conversation about feedback. So it's really okay to know when you are good 
and sell that to your people who are giving opinions to be like, oh my gosh, I know all the ideas start coming as soon as somebody starts talking. I got to tell you, I'm good right now. Like I've, I've, I've got a plan. I'm so excited for what happens next, but like, thanks for Thanks for your support. Because that's the other piece, right? You don't know how to say thank you, but no thank you. So you sort of say yes, which then feels like accepting the feedback. So if you just reflect back and give them, you know, something that says, I heard you, but thanks, I don't need it. I think you will feel more empowered to check it at the door because you need that confidence. So that's the thought process I want you to think about. And what I want you to pay attention to specifically here is that no point in time have I told you, look at the feedback you're receiving it, consider it from all sides, and then decide if it has value from you. It's not worth evaluating the feedback. And I think that's the loop you're probably caught in. You want to decide, do I need new information right now? Do I need a new set of eyes on this situation? Am I in a place where I have questions about what I'm currently doing? All of that, because if it's good feedback, it will find its way back around to you again. I love that you're such an active member of my community. I'm so glad I was able to give back today by doing an episode for you and your question. Thanks so much for always having my back and the heart conversations I'm having in the group. Um, Your participation has not gone unnoticed and I am so, so glad I was able to help you today. So hopefully I gave you some questions to look at, ways of getting yourself to be the boss and in the driver's seat of your own business. Check out that book, The One Thing, because I think that that would be helpful. And then if mindset is an ongoing issue for you, if you you feel like this, you're still like getting tripped up and you're still tripping up, then um, I do recommend getting someone's two cents on your problem rather than reading a book. Um, And it doesn't sound like you have like this big ingrained (laughs) mindset problem that's going to take sessions and sessions of work. You and I could always do a a consult. um, And if it doesn't feel relevant um, or you don't feel like I have enough knowledge about your particular business idea or whatever, I can certainly recommend other people who could give you their two cents as well. But I'm not somebody who recommends books to solve problems very well because I prefer the one and done method. But thanks so much for reading reaching out and asking, you know, for my two cents on this. I hope it helps. Anybody else um, who'd like my two cents, you can always find me over at um, my Facebook group, Choose to Have It All, or send me an email, heather at choose to have it all.com. Thanks so much for listening today. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. We're going to be having that conversation I've been talking to you about, about addressing the truths that come with depression, managing depression, living with depression, and supporting those who are struggling with depression. So it's going to be a hard conversation. I'm working to get it right for you tomorrow. So stay tuned. I look forward to talking to you then. Bye for now.